Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I am your host. In this week's episode, I'm going to talk about return to office mandates and why they won't work. If you're new to the podcast, I'm really happy that you're here. If you've been here before, I'm super excited that you're back. The point of this podcast is singular. It is to help you become an intentional communicator. Professional communicators think before they talk. They think before they write. And clear and concise communication is incredibly valuable. The workplace is changing. It's changing dramatically. It's getting more and more difficult to communicate. Hybrid is here to stay. People work on the go. And what we're going to talk about this week is the challenge of getting people to come back to the office and why these mandates won't work. Now, if you work in an office every day, this isn't for you, but you might know people that you know it connects with. If you're a fully remote worker, you're thinking, thank goodness I never, I, I never want to go back to the office again. And if you're a hybrid worker, well, you're going in and out and you're you, you might be in this in this wrestling match right now with your organization, with your leader, with your CEO, with your with your commander, whoever it might be, about do you need to come in back to the office? And what inspired this podcast was a series of recent meetings and events that kind of caught my eye. And I I I, I track the news and I watch sort of what's happening um, in in the in the world of professional um, organizations that are trying to figure out, okay, well, where are our employees going to be? Now, obviously, after the pandemic, um, many, many people established a hybrid arrangement. My daughter, for example, who lives in Chicago and works in Chicago, has a, a sweet deal, really, because she goes into the office three days a week, and she's home two days a week. And those days, unless they've changed, are like she's works from home on Monday and Friday, so she, in essence, has four days at home. She's got little kids. The commute in Chicago is not fun. The weather, um, taking the train, parking, all that is, is expensive. So she's got a sweet deal. And, um, recently I had a, um, conversation with some colleagues of my friends of mine, actually um, in my network that work at a big real estate firm in Chicago. And they were talking about sort of the state of commercial real estate. So if you've read the papers, you know, office buildings in suburbs and cities are at very, very low occupancies. There's ghost buildings, they were telling me. And in the suburbs, there's entire, there are entire campuses that are just being demolished. Um, people have uh, all of this. There's a glut of office space. Occupancy is, is, is a huge issue. And... Um, so what they were talking about is this big, big company in Chicago that had like 400,000 square feet. Now I can't really get my head on this, but this is floors and floors and floors and floors of, uh, you know, a large skyscraper. And, um, they had renegotiated their lease from 400,000 square feet to 300,000 square feet, which is in this particular build, building was like three or four floors. Of the building they just gave back. So they didn't, they didn't renew their lease. And you're wondering, well, why do you even care about this? Well, what was interesting is the CEO mandated that all the employees return to work and they said no. When I heard this, it really just floored me. Like a collective 
active insubordination, but they didn't do it in like a union or they didn't have a meeting to say, we're all going to tell them no. They, no, they just all individually said no. They refused. Why? Well, for many reasons, it just doesn't work for them. Well, the leadership of the organization says, well, it works for me. I want you back in the office. I'm paying for this real estate. I'm paying for the space for you to work. And I go into work and you know, nobody's here. So, okay, enough's enough. The pandemic, you know, is behind us. Come back to the office. And they said, no. Well, that story just kind of floored me. I'm like, whoa, I can't even imagine ever doing that. You know, working for a person, they said to do something and you said, no, let me just flat out, just disobey them. So I started thinking about, well, why did they do that really? And the first thing is, you know, like <clears throat> the, fir the first reason obviously is, is like I mentioned with my daughters, there's a kind of two things, which is the commute. Nobody loves a commute and the flexibility. You know, those, it's, those are real reasons why people want to go back to the office. But you're wondering, well, why am I talking about this in a podcast when the point of the podcast is communication? I believe that beyond that, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to commute and nobody wants, you know, you know, they want to have the flexibility to like, okay, I want to choose when to work at home and when to work at the office. But that mandate, that order won't really work because of a third reason. And their third reason is the current office environment isn't ready for them to come back to work. Well, I'll say that again. So you look at that, the way the current office environment is designed is it ready for them to come back to work? It's sort of stuck in a moment of time. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts because the workplace where you work, whether it's in an office, at home, or on the go, and that's my life. I work in an office, I work at home, and I work on the go. I split time between North Carolina and Chicago. And I, I live a mobile existence. I've been a remote worker for years. I, I did hyper work before people even called it hyper work. But the current environment isn't ready for them to come back. So you can force them in, to come back. And maybe if you force them in some articles recently, I think there was a big software company that said, if you don't come back by March, you're fired. And, you know, there's, there's large companies that are being pretty heavy handed with their employees. And then there's other employee employers that are, that are saying, you know, we're going to be a complete re remote workforce. And then there's deep concerns about the cohesiveness of the culture. What does it actually mean to work for a company and why would they come back? You know, when the story was told to me about this large company in Chicago, where the CEO mandated and everybody collectively refused, I had the opportunity of, of having some meetings in, in a building actually that I used to work in, um, 18 years ago. Um, this big, big high rise, an 80 story high rise in Chicago. And I had a number of different meetings in the, in the building. And what really, really struck me was how few people were there. So I, I, they showed me around and there really wasn't anybody there. I mean, there were people there, but there, it was really, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing maybe half full, maybe a third max, maybe two thirds, but I mean, there was so much space that was just like, and what was common in the space was it was all open, open floor plans, no offices. They had these little private little, 
like we've had phone booths. There was little mini offices. And then they had like these little basketball papa shot things and cafes and cool spaces named after Star Wars movies. And it was, it was all of that, but there was just, there wasn't anybody there. And it was like a, a Tuesday or Wednesday. And, um, you know, I talked, we talked about like, you know, what's the policy of the company. And the person I was talking to was actually a contractor. So they didn't actually aren't technically an employee and their, their company were, were forcing people to come back. And he's like, they, they can't even legally force me because I don't technically work for the company as an employee. I'm not an employee. So it's a huge issue and it has to do with like, where will, where will we work and why, you know, it's not just the solving the commuting problem and it's not just solving the hybrid work problem, but solving this other problem, which is that the environment isn't ready. And I, what, I, what, I, what I really saw, and it just struck home with me, was that the way the space was designed was only for one type of work. It was only for collaboration. So when people would come back, in their mind, okay, when I come back, it's to collaborate with people. But what was funny is you come back and you're collaborating with people, but then people aren't still there. So you have to do a Zoom call with people that aren't there. So what do you do? How do you fix this problem? It's not easy, but you have to look at how it's evolving. And you have to look at the fundamentally, you have to look at a couple of myths. There's some myths that people have. These are just beliefs that people have to let go of. And one of them in the current workplace is that constant collaboration is always good. That's the first myth. Um, and when you, when you look at environments like that, it's just like getting people in a beehive to always be open and talking to each other is always going to be productive. It's always going to be useful. It's always going to be fruitful. That really is to work is to collaborate. We're all talking to each other, we're all connecting and bumping into each other around the water cooler, which is ironic because I didn't see any water coolers. So that's the first myth. Um, the, the story that happened on this trip, which is really interesting is the, this guy that I was talking to, his son worked for a big consulting company, actually in the building. And he, you know, told his dad, his funny because his dad and the son work in the same building for two different companies. And his, his sons told his dad, I need to go home for a couple of days because I have to do an evaluation and some, or I have to write a report and a project and I can't do it in the office because people are always collaborating. They're just buzzing. And he was like, I can't, I can't, I can't actually focus on any work that I'm supposed to do, which leads, um, to the second myth, which is the myth is that you can tell people in this open collaboration is always king environment. You can tell people if you need to, to leave you alone, if you need to focus, you can, you can do that. Well, when I was walking around just thinking about this, how do you do that? Like, how do you, in an environment where it's the myth is everybody's here to collaborate, how do you go there? And then you actually have something to do. Like this guy had to do an evaluation, he had to write something, which is hard. He's, he's evaluating, doing performance review of his team. And he's sitting there and he's going to magically tell everybody around him, leave me alone and put me in a bubble and nobody will talk to him and just leave me alone. I mean, that's a complete myth. It's, it's unrealistic at so many levels. It's not even funny, but 
owners believe that, okay, well, we want you to collaborate, but if you don't want to collaborate momentarily, you can just tell everybody to stop talking, leave you alone. I don't know how that's possible. I, I don't know how it's possible, but it's, it's, it's completely insane, unrealistic to believe that you, one individual has the power to tell 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever, how many people that work in an organization on a floor that if they see you and need to talk to you, that you will put headphones on and somebody will just respect that boundary around you. And I, it reminds me of an episode of a, of a TV show that's, I'm dating myself a bit, called WKRP in Cincinnati. And for those of you listening that know the show, you'll know the scene. And if those of you haven't, I suppose you can Google it, but I'll just describe it. So there was a character on the on the show, and um, it was a big radio studio. <clears throat> WKRP in Cincinnati is a radio station, and he created his office, and he put painting tape on the floor, and he outlined the office. And he was like, that's my office, and he'd be coming to my office. And he just made the, it was hilarious because there were no walls. It was invisible, and he just pretended like there was the door, and you, people would walk through the door, and and because he wanted an office and he couldn't get an office. And that's kind of the situation right now. That's a myth, the second myth, that, that you can tell people to leave you alone and go to this invisible office that you don't even have if you need to. And the last myth is that spontaneous communication, collaboration, is the best kind. When you just bump into people and you have this magical conversation in the moment that was unplanned and you talked about things. And... Um, and that myth is that if you just do that enough, it'll produce this creativity and breakthroughs and in yes and no, because if there's no time alone or quiet or, or preparation or it's the randomness of that in the current hybrid situation just won't work. So if you're looking at these mandates, they won't really work, not just because of the community issue and the flexibility, they won't really work because the environment discourages people to return to office because the collaboration is broken. And collaboration really is, quality collaboration is, at the end of the day, clear and concise communication. So until you fix the communication problem, you can't fix the return to office problem. It just won't work because constant collaboration doesn't, is only one type of work. You can't really tell everybody to stop talking just because you need to think alone. And the spontaneity, the randomness of it is just too much to 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 solve the problem. So people just say, you know what, I'd rather stay home. It makes sense. So if their workplace isn't fundamentally reimagined, you may force them to come back to work. But they won't really want it because it doesn't work for them.